It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Chase Claypool trade is a sign the Steelers' season is all but unsalvageable. Time to turn the page to 2023. Welcome to the Steelers' update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Stellas so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. The 2022 Steelers officially became a ghost on Halloween. That's when this team, this season, disappeared and everyone in Pittsburgh turned the page to 2023. That 35-13 disaster in Philadelphia laid bare the wide gulf of talent and coaching disparities between the lowly 2-6 and six Steelers and the NFL's elite, as personified by Jalen Hurts and those Philadelphia Eagles. Hurts. Yeah, well, he's another franchise quarterback the Steelers had the chance to draft a few years back. And he dropped three dimes on the Pittsburgh secondary like a surgeon with a scalpel. Kenny Pickett, the rookie passer the Steelers did draft, played his worst game so far, and he got beat up doing so. And with that, the process that the Steelers have put off at all costs has begun. I'm talking about the R word. The one delusional Steelers owner, Art Rooney II, wouldn't dare utter. Rebuilding. There's no other choice now. But there is a major threat to this process. It's Kenny Pickett himself. He is the anointed key to the franchise's future. But he is under threat for the remainder of this season. The pummeling of Pittsburgh, which we saw on full display in Philadelphia, like a shop of horrors, must stop. It must cease before this once confident Pitt product is completely shattered by this inept Steelers team and coaching staff around him. Head coach Mike Tomlin must protect his young QB because the Steelers' offensive line and its offensive scheme surely cannot. Certainly, offensive coordinator Matt Canada is getting most of the blame for the Steelers' offensive collapse. Well, you know, collapse is the wrong word. You actually have to build something for it to collapse. The 2022 Steelers' offense never got off the ground. They rank last in NFL in scoring, 15 points per game, a paltry 15 points per game. They're 28th in total offense, 298.8 yards per game. And they are last in yards per play, 4.7, 
a lot of that due to the inept running game and second-year supposed stud Najee Harris. But they can't run the ball, despite having that spent that first-round draft pick last year on Najee. And their rookie passer doesn't get the protection, and he doesn't have the proper scheming to hit those once-signature splash plays deep down the field. And that other highly-touted Steelers rookie, deep-threat receiver George Pickens, didn't even catch a pass versus the Eagles. So can one really be a threat when he isn't even utilized? A season like this is miserable to suffer through. And it's only bearable when it appears as if there is light at the end of this dark tunnel that is 2022. But the real shame this Steelers season is that there is no light. It looks to be a lost season in the much more crucial terms of Pickett's development. It's nearly certain that Matt Canada and his one-note playbook will be gone at season end, if not sooner. Heck, the door can't hit him fast enough on the way out as far as Steelers Nation is concerned. But the real crime is that it puts Pickett back to square one. When a new coordinator, a new, hopefully more imaginative offensive scheme, and the many other roster changes that are sure to follow are ushered in for next season. Pickett's progress is inevitably slowed. He's not building on this season because we're going to race the board and we're going to start all over. But Pickett's progress could be totally destroyed altogether annihilated if Tomlin doesn't demand that the scheme and the O-line protect their prodigal passer much better in the second half of this already too long season that remains. Here's what former Steelers coach turned CBS broadcaster Bill Cower said about the shocking manner in which the Steelers allowed Pickett to be pummeled by the Eagles last Sunday. Quote, right now, I get worried about his confidence. I've seen this happen to other quarterbacks. Take the ball out of his hands. Don't ask him to do as much as you're asking them him to do. I know they have the receivers, but it's not about the receivers. You have to somehow shorten the game with this quarterback. It goes back to running the ball. I would put him back under center. Don't subject him to being back there in the shotgun and getting sacked six times, unquote. Hey, and Bill Cower knows a little something about breaking in a rookie QB and building their confidence with the rest of the team around him. He did so very successfully with a young Ben Roethlisberger, and that laid the groundwork for two Super Bowl wins that followed. No groundwork for future success is being laid for Kenny Pickett. In fact, the Steelers' big move this week to send receiver Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears, where the young QB Justin Fields stands to benefit, subtracts yet another option from Kenny Pickett. Now, sure, Claypool wasn't doing all that much. He had 311 receiving yards and a touchdown in eight games with the Steelers this season but he was a nice big target that Pickett could hit in the intermediate area of the football field, and that's where Pickett likes to hit his receivers. 
Now, Pittsburgh pundits are proclaiming that the Claypool trade will open up targets for deep threat George Pickens. But that assumes Pickett will have the pocket time and the Steelers will have the proper schemes to get the ball to George Pickens. Neither is certain. The Claypool trade is a positive for only one reason. It signals that the Steelers finally recognize that the long-delayed rebuilding must begin, and it must begin now. It's an admission that this roster is vastly under-equipped uh, as far as talent to compete with the likes of the Eagles, the Bills, and the Chiefs. The second-round pick for Claypool could be as high as pick 43 in the 2023 draft. And the Steelers could be picking in the top five of that draft, and they would hold three picks in the top 45. And believe me, they will need every one. And they'll need more in order to upgrade their talent and restore the lost luster to the once feared black and gold. But in doing so, they must protect the one player who figures to star in this long overdue rebuilding and that is Kenny Pickett. His struggles for the rest of the season cannot be allowed to consume his promise for the future. It's bad enough that a year of Pickett's maturation will be mostly squandered on Matt Canada's ill-begotten offense. Pickett's physical and mental well-being must be protected and safeguarded so that he is capable of moving forward when the new system, new coaches, and new players are inevitably installed for next season. It's all about 2023 now. Your Pittsburgh Steelers have officially hit rock bottom. We have much more on the lows in Philly and the big Claypool trade in this rebuilding edition of your Steelers Update podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my prick column, First thing Thursday on PenLive, it will be packed with plenty of memes bringing the sad state of the Steelers at the bye break to life. Right now, let's get right to it. So when's the last time you can remember this happening in early November in the supposed City of Champions? Next season, we're scrapping 2022 and thinking about next year. I mean, who can believe it? That's how bad it's gotten for your Steelers. So, here's Mark Caboli with The Athletic putting the embarrassing blowout in Philly into historical context. And believe me, this moment in Steelers history is historically bad. Caboli writes, quote, The Steelers' 35-13 loss to the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday has to rank up there as one of the top 10 most embarrassing losses in franchise history. Now, I didn't go through all 90 seasons worth of games and parse it out, but it's pretty difficult to imagine that this organization had another game where it was thoroughly embarrassed in every single aspect of the game. The Steelers couldn't run the ball, and they didn't try to run the ball. They couldn't stretch the field, and they didn't try to stretch the field. There was yet another terrible scheme put together by the offense, and that bled over into a pretty bad defensive plan as well. There were turnovers, stupid penalties, no playmaking, no innovation, no execution, 
mental mistakes, physical mistakes, no discipline and accountability. When Eagles coach Nick Sariani pulled some of his starters, including his quarterback and center, with 10 minutes left in the game, that tells you how embarrassing it really was. When was the last time that happened to the Steelers? The troubling part of it all is there might be more going on than even what's being exposed. What is going on? No talent, bad coaching, inexperience. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter now because nothing can be done about it. It's not about changing coordinators or benching people. These next weeks will be critical in determining who goes and who stays to try to turn this thing around. That goes for players and coaches. Over the next five weeks, we'll see players stepping up and players giving up. Those players giving up need not play. Will those who step up have the opportunity to prove to the organization they're worth keeping around? Right now, there aren't many players who deserve to have another chance. Said veteran Cam Hayward, quote, when you play like that, it tells on yourself. There is a dysfunction of what we are putting out there on the field, unquote. You can go on and on about the Steelers' shortcomings. The focus must now be on what they need to do to turn this around. Maybe not for this season, but for the next one, unquote. And that is your dim view of the Steelers right now, courtesy of Mark Caboli with The Athletic. And if that's not depressing enough, I give you Ron Cook, the radio host and Pittsburgh Post-Gazette column, who offers this unvarnished take of the Pittsburgh pigskin team he proclaims a total mess right about now. Cook writes this, quote, The stench from this Steelers mess is overwhelming. Only Houston and Detroit have worse records. Their minus 77-point differential is easily the worst in the NFL. Detroit is, Detroit is second on that telling list at a minus 52. Steelers are averaging 15 points per game. That's the fewest in the league. Their defense is coming off a game when it gave up touchdown passes of 39, 27, 29, and 34 yards. That is unexcusable even without T.J. Watt. All of it's bad. I can't remember a time when the franchise appeared to be in such disarray. Everybody knew this Steelers season had a chance to be rough with the team making the transition away from Ben Roethlisberger. But to see it unfold the way it has, it is one thing to lose games. It's another not to be even competitive, to make the same mistakes again and again. False start penalties, ineligible man downfield penalties, illegal formation penalties. I could go on and on. It is easy and appropriate to put much of the blame on Matt Canada and scream for him to be replaced as the play caller. He joined the Steelers with no NFL experience and has failed in his one and a half seasons as offensive coordinator with four different quarterbacks. From Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger to raw rookie picket, with journeyman Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubitsky in between. The Steelers haven't scored more than 20 points in 17 of their 26 games with Canada as play caller. Quarterback coach Mike Sullivan, who has NFL experience as a coordinator, can't possibly be any worse. 
But the Pittsburgh problems go well above and beyond Canada. They start at the top with Mike Tomlin. For the first time in Tomlin's 15 and a half seasons, I'm wondering if he is capable of making things right. Tomlin's original plan was to go with Trubisky and allow Pickett to learn the NFL game by watching. But Tomlin surprisingly changed his mind at halftime of the game against the New York Jets on October 2nd, and he benched Trubisky for Pickett. The results have not been good. Pickett has attempted 165 passes, a ridiculously high number, and thrown for two touchdowns and eight interceptions. His passer rating is 66.8. He played his worst game against the Eagles and took a beating in the process, sacked six times, and hit another 11 times, unquote. Hey, that is laying it out, and Cook does it best, and he asks sort of, what is Tomlin's answer to all this, quote, dysfunction? this, quote, lack of discipline, accountability, the need to study more, all those Pittsburgh problems as voiced by Tomlin's own players after that disaster in Philly. Well, Cook quotes the head coach's pat answer that rings hollow with the Steelers' season on the brink. Said Tomlin, quote, keep working. We obviously have an opportunity to assess ourselves and get rightly focused and get better. That's what we intend to do. Words are not going to get it done. Actions are. We're going to work hard and roll up our sleeves and continue this process, unquote. Well, I'm not sure Steelers Nation takes any great comfort that Tomlin and company are finally rolling up their sleeves. Because what are you going to work on specifically? Where do you start with these Steelers? The Steelers' problems are great, and they are many, as Emperor Chuck Noll would say. At least there is some time to reflect on this historically low point in Steelers' history. They will have a bye before hosting New Orleans Saints on November 13th, and they need to take every minute of it to self-assess. So what are they going to do next? Well, they aren't standing pat nor sticking with their old ways. They're making moves right now to begin that much-needed rebuilding process. Mark Caboli explains the trade of Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears, and he says it marks a major break in the, quote, Steeler way. And it's under new GM Omar Khan that it's happening, and Khan is credited with orchestrating this rare midseason rebuilding move. Caboli writes, quote, The Steelers have been conservative by nature in assembling their team in the past, operating with set rules. When Khan was hired in May, he vowed to follow that Steeler way, but that was before they started the season two and six and were staring their first losing season since 2003 right in the face. With so many holes on Pittsburgh's roster, and the luxury of depth at receiver, the second-round pick that the Steelers got for Claypool is significant. With it being the Bears' pick in the second round, that draft choice could very well end up being in the top 40 of the draft. That would give the Steelers three selections within the first 
40 to 45 picks of the 2023 draft, if everything remains status quo. Claypool hasn't quite lived up to his rookie season when he caught 62 passes for 873 yards and scored 11 touchdowns, including nine receiving touchdowns. He hasn't really improved over his three years with the team, even though the talent is there. Claypool will enter the final year of his rookie deal in 2023 and had become expendable with the emergence of rookie wideout George Pickens. The Steelers have had a tough time consistently getting the Georgia rookie some touches with Claypool and Deontay Johnson ahead of him. Pickens will move to the number two role now. Claypool has been rumored to be on the trading market for a while. It was a matter of what kind of compensation the Steelers would get in return. A potentially high second-round pick made it easy for Omar Khan to pull the trigger. Khan has shown in his short time on the job that he's willing to take chances and mix things up, unquote. Hey, that's Mark Caboli's view that the Steelers making this move is a good thing. Well, we go to Ron Cook writing for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and he sees one downside to shipping out Claypool to Justin Fields and the Bears. It's a downside borne by the most important person on the Steelers roster, and I'm talking about rookie QB Kenny Pickett. Pickett's job of learning, maturing, and improving just got a little more difficult without Claypool, and we know it's already hard enough because he's under Matt Canada in that crazy, stupid, one-note system of his. So, just got a little tougher for Kenny. Cook writes this, quote, The Steelers are trying to develop rookie Kenny Pickett as their franchise QB. Taking one of his top targets away from him makes that job harder. The trade is an indication the Steelers already are thinking about next season more than this season. And lesser receivers Miles Boykin and Steven Sims are candidates to replace Claypool. It's a shame Rookie Calvin Austin III, a shining star during the early part of training camp, will miss the season because of a foot injury. But he should be a big help next season, unquote. Did you see what Cook kept saying in, in that, in that uh, short piece of talking about, hey, this is a setback for Pickett? Next season, next season, next season. But this season is not going to be much help to Kenny Pickett next season because it's almost like we're starting over all again because this season is just going into a black hole and evaporating into the ether of the NFL. Next season, you believe it? We're scrapping 2022 and thinking about next year. When's the last time you can remember this happening? In early November in Pittsburgh, the 2022 Steelers are toast. They became a ghost on Halloween. Wow. After that shop of horrors in Philly, I guess it's fitting. Anyway, I mean, we got a long season to go. Steelers on a bye uh, the coming week, but the second half of the season, man, I'm hoping we're at rock bottom right now and there is something to build on going forward. There got to be a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to rebuild this thing, but we need Kenny Pickett to lead the way, and we need to keep him mentally and physically healthy. And, of course, we're going to cover it all right here on your Steelers Update podcast, week in, week out, fresh every Wednesday afternoon, wherever you get your favorite podcast. And, of course, log on to penalive.com anytime 
for your real time Steelers news.